And I think I mentioned this to you before, Joe, like what's great about our industry is we're not coming up with a new invention, right? Like everything that we want to do, there's a framework for it, right? If you want to be uh, a $5 million company, emulate what the top $5 million companies do. If you want to grow your company to 15 million, emulate what those companies do. Uh, if you want to grow to 100 million, like there's companies who continuously do $100 million in revenue and are very successful and very profitable, emulate what they do. Um, and do it in a way that is doable for your team, right? You don't want to grow too quickly that your processes aren't in place to, to handle the influx of business and ruin the customer experience. But I, I think just the ability to learn from our peers and learn from, you know, some of the top minds when it comes to marketing or sales or HR or whatever it is, like the information's out there. It's just, are you hungry enough to go get it? Welcome to the Nailed It Podcast with your host, Joseph Hughes, founder of Contractor Dynamics and creator of the Dynamic Accelerator Program, found at ContractorDynamics.com. Sit back, relax, and welcome to today's fire episode on the business of construction. All right, everyone, I'm super excited to welcome my good friend, Adam Moss, Moss Roofing out in Indianapolis. We are gonna dive into quite a bit today. We're gonna talk about family business. We're gonna talk about uh, building a, a millennial team. We're gonna talk about building a brand, how important content is. We're gonna talk about leadership and, uh, and forecasting and budgeting. Uh, this is gonna be a really great masterclass in uh, really how to improve and grow any roofing company. So. I'm super excited to be here with Adam. What's up, buddy? Hey, man, what's going on? Super excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna dive into all that stuff. Thank you for uh, spending some time. I know you're super busy. It's a short week this week uh, as we're recording this. Can you give us uh, a little bit of an intro as to who is Adam Moss? Uh, who's who's Moss Roofing? What's going on? Kind of paint the picture there. Yeah, man. Uh, so. The business itself is actually older than I am. I'm 27. Uh, the business is actually celebrating 30 years in business this year. Uh, I know that a lot of people listening can probably relate in terms of the struggles of being a small business owner, especially in the early years. Uh, and that was really, really similar to what my parents experienced. And so my entire upbringing was them trying to push me in a different direction. Um, all throughout high school, it was all about going to college, getting a stable job, nine to five, pays pretty well, decent benefits, but offers stability. Um, I think one thing that my parents realized, especially during like the financial crisis, and when all those people got laid off and a bunch of investments were lost, is that uh, stability isn't all what it perceives to be. Uh, and, and so I got into college, uh, went down to IU Bloomington and was at the business school there. Took a couple accounting classes, because what's safer than accounting? You can get a job anywhere, pays well, decent benefits, all that good stuff. And man, I just realized really quickly that wasn't for me. Uh, I, I got I got lucky in the fact that uh, just out in a random situation, I found out that uh, the, the business school there has a phenomenal sales and marketing program and really gravitated towards that. Got into a workshop there, helped me refine my sales skills. Um, and just realized that's what I was passionate about is, is the sales and marketing component of business. Um, got an internship uh, in between the internship starting and the school semester ending, did a little bit of sales for the company because we were in a tough spot, needed people, and it changed my life. Uh, I found out just immediately like I was meant for this. I, I believe that like my upbringing, my education, everything that uh, I've been allotted in life has made me gravitate towards this particular industry. Um, I went to the internship and within two to three weeks, it was a really kind of difficult year in the business. And essentially mom called me and was like, hey, we need your help. 
And, and so I had to tell the internship that I needed to step away. And that was the summer of 2016 and came, worked the entire summer and just loved every minute of it. Uh, it, it was just like one of the most incredible experiences just to find my passion so young. Um, and then just knew right away that like I didn't need to do any interviews my senior year of college. Uh, I actually fast tracked my, my first semester senior year into 22 credit hours just to get done a semester early. That way I could hit 2017 running um, before like the busy season started. And that's kind of what got me here. Wow, uh, I've known you for a while. I didn't know all that. That's uh, that's really interesting. You said sales and marketing. That was kind of a turning point in your college career. Yeah. What like what was it that just kind of drew you to that? You just realized that's that's what you're good at, or like what 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 do you like about that? Yeah, I think uh, I realized that <laughs> my natural skill set and tendency is, is speaking and being around people and interacting with people. Uh, and I think sales and marketing, whether it is um, truly in front of a person-to-person experience or throughout the other mediums that we have and that we use in the business, uh, my ability to communicate with people is just something that uh, I naturally gravitate towards. And that that segment within business allows me to do that. Um, and I, I also think that you know, my, my wife might disagree, but I think I'm a pretty good listener uh, and a really good question asker. And so uh, just with those two things inherently, it makes me good at those things as well at marketing and sales absolutely yeah i mean you need to be able to listen to your market listen to your prospects listen to your team in order to lead them and then communication is really really everything i think you're an excellent communicator um adam and i have been in a in a mastermind group for uh i guess most of a most of a year maybe at this point and uh so yeah you're you're a great communicator um certainly that's a big reason for your success it's funny you mentioned the accounting thing i at between freshman and sophomore year in college, I did an accounting internship in the in the summer, and uh, I I it was valuable in that I learned I didn't want to do accounting. Uh, it just wasn't for me, yeah. you know. Just I saw that career, I saw the people that were you know in that company, in that firm, as partners, as uh, you know whatever role they were, and I just did not see myself there. So that can be really valuable just to get experience to see, you know, to eliminate what you think you might want to do. Right. And, uh, you know, cross yeah. things off. Yeah, absolutely. It's great too. Cause now all my friends are CPAs. And so any financial question I have, I just have to run by them. And so, uh, you know, surround yourself with people who do things better than you do. Yeah, exactly. I have a couple of great friends who are accountants <laughs> as well and, uh, they, they absolutely love it. So you've got to, you've got to love what you do. So, yeah. All right. So thanks for painting that picture. You graduate college, you, you start uh, in the business, you're eager to get going, um, learn a lot, you know, get in there, get your hands dirty. Uh, now you're now you're running Moss Roofing. But go back to that point, like was there mom and dad were like, all right, you know, Adam's into this, uh, been running this business for a couple of decades. When did the talk start happening around, hey, maybe Adam can take this thing over one day, we can kind of step back and uh, we can pass the baton. Yeah, so like my first full year in 2017 after graduating college was just sales. Um, that was really great to get uh, like a baseline understanding of like how our processes were interacting and, and making the customer experience both good and bad in certain circumstances. Uh, I ended up getting married in 2017. My my wife and I had our first child early 2018, so the end of the first quarter of 2018, and um, kind of realized it was going to be difficult to spend as much time with my my kid and my future children. Uh, 
on like a sales schedule, especially with what I was trying to take over with the business in terms of responsibilities. Um, and so I just started to naturally gravitate more towards being in the office every day instead of going out on sales appointments. And it was more of like a natural progression in my understanding of the business, more so than it was uh, any sort of sit down, like, hey, you need to be in the office, you need to stop taking sales calls. Um, and that was really good uh, up until the point where those conversations needed to happen, right? Like, especially moving as the second generation and being the one who's making the larger decisions, we did need to at least sit down at some point and say, hey, look, um, they are allotting me a lot of responsibility, especially at a young age with not a ton of experience. Um, but I, I do think my parents did, I mean, they just did such a great job trusting me and letting me fail and putting me in situations to both be successful and to fail. Um, and just understanding that, hey, none of the decisions that I was making early on were gonna be make or break, but there could be um, marginal failures and marginal losses associated with some of the decisions that I've made. And I have, like I've made some really dumb decisions, um, but I've also made some good ones as well, right? Like I'm still here. So um, I think that's so important when passing the baton on is to give the next generation or the next set of ownership the ability to have the autonomy to make decisions on their own and especially ones that they are very very strong-minded about and if it works out great if not use it as a learning experience and move forward and, and my, my parents have, have allowed me to do that in, in a really really good way in constructive way yeah that's uh that's something that I, I think might be a little bit rare like you know as parents we want to see our kids succeed we don't want to see them fail but they understood kind of the big picture where you're not going to be able to make those those great decisions unless you're given the the freedom to make decisions, right? Uh, and just you know, yeah. failing is just just part of it. And uh, as long as you're yeah. not failing at the same thing over and over, making the same mistakes over and over, you're learning. Uh, then you're going to grow, and you're going to eventually make more good decisions than than bad decisions, right? Yeah, and, and I think I, I I try to do as much as I possibly could, especially in the first couple of years to, to earn the respect of my parents, right? Like they knew I was a hard worker just from high school and college and uh, all that, but to, to have your first professional job be one with your parents and one where, you know, you do have a lot of responsibility to, to kind of like take the flag and move it to the next location, right? To, to, to build upon what they built. It, it, it was difficult, right? But uh, I, I think that a lot of people make the mistake, especially some of my peers that I see when they're trying to, you know, take that next step with their family business and maybe become that next generation owner. You have to earn that respect, even if it's your parents. Like you have to treat it like it's a job and like they're your employer. Um, and I think that's one thing that my family has done a pretty good job at is not to say that it happens every single day, but separating the personal from the business as best as we possibly can. Uh, because if you don't, it, it can get really messy. Like there's days where we don't do a great job of letting it bleed over into our personal life. But I think overall, holistically, we've done as good a job as any family could uh, in terms of like, hey, these are my employers. I've got to respect them. I've got to earn their respect. And with that becomes you know, the ability to have more responsibility and more decision-making to help grow the business um, in the framework that they've created, but in the image that I see moving forward. Okay, got it. So uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I grew up in my family's construction business as well. Uh, sixth generation and uh, there's always a lot of emphasis placed on uh, you know communication and training and involving my cousins and, and me in the decision-making processes and you know sticking within their framework uh, of course uh, but being able to right. get involved and, and provide input and, and feeling that that sense of ownership right because I think when you at least when I first started my family biz 
you know, you feel you're, you're an employee, right? You're, you're doing sales. You're just doing whatever yeah. you're told because you don't really know any better. Uh, but then you, you kind of elevate. And I guess there's a point where you're not necessarily equal with your parents, but you get to that point where you earn that respect. You've got a little bit of a track record and then you can maybe, you know, start having that conversation of, you know, what does it look like if you guys want to not work as much? Maybe you don't need to work as much because I can mm -hmm. take over. Uh, so how did that, how did that, conversation start or is that organic was that like planned was it did they have a plan did you come to them with a plan like how does that all work uh i think just like what you said just all about communication uh it was a pretty organic thing where you know um my dad is 10 years older than my mom and they had me a little bit later in life and so my dad is 67 now um and so they've got stuff they want to do right like you know my mom's gonna have to get into retirement a little bit earlier than i think she anticipated just to be able to do phenomenal things and make phenomenal memories with my dad and you know, go travel that's something they're really passionate about and so um it's always i, I think going to be an ongoing conversation with my family in terms of hey like what does retirement look like you know mom is kind of half in half out at this point um but i think it's it's just one of those things that has happened naturally for us and, and we've had to bring in other people to get other recommendations and other opinions and all of that uh, just because i do think it's difficult to have those conversations in a vacuum so um you know we've brought in people that we respect and know our business relatively intimately um and, and can provide insight on hey this is how things would go if we weren't related right because i do think that there needs to be um a little bit of an understanding that it is a business right and like even though we're family things need to be treated fairly things need to be documented appropriately communication has to be very robust to make sure that uh, it doesn't affect the personal side of the relationship yeah that makes a lot of sense uh for sure so so your mom's kind of half in half out right now your dad's kind of out and you're taking over you have taken over are there one or two things that that really weigh heavily on you as far as like man i don't want to screw this up i don't want to mess this up or i'm really nervous about this this is kind of really outside my comfort zone so i need to make sure that i pay extra attention to it are there those things within the business or yeah i think the biggest thing for me um that i struggle with just with the responsibility of like, hey, like I said, this business is older than I am, right? Uh, I don't want to be the guy to screw it up. Uh, <laughs> I probably take too long to make decisions on certain things just because I am overly cautious on the responsibility of taking care of my family and, and how this business takes care of my parents and also the people in it, you know, the sales guys, the crews, the employees, um, everybody associated with this business. It's, um, I love it. Like I wake up every day so incredibly grateful to be a part of this business and to be able to make the decisions that I get to make. Sometimes to a fault uh, in terms of not pulling the trigger on things that I should, should have pulled the trigger on three to six months earlier. But that's just kind of me growing as a leader and, and understanding you know, what those thresholds need to be in terms of risk and making sure I'm making the right decisions for, for the company. Got it. Yeah, what I'm, what I'm gathering from this is it's like you're, you, know, you stepped into something that's, that's bigger than you, that's bigger than Adam. Yeah, and I think a lot of a lot of companies, a lot of roofing companies start with the owner who is selling, and they're like, you know, screw scale, selling. I want to build my own company. I want to run the. I want to run it, and it's 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 the the owner is the company, and that's like there might be ego there, there might be uh, you know a lot wrapped up in that individual, and I think a lot of times that that can be risky, right? That can that can be a recipe for disaster. But you're stepping into something that's bigger than you. You're honoring that. Uh, you're respecting that and you're, you know, doing your absolute best every day to, to serve that, that thing. That's not just you. That's, that's way bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that gives me a competitive advantage, uh, over, over my peers in the market is 
Um, though this is my business, this is my last name on the trucks, I wasn't the one who started the business. I don't have the same blood, sweat, and tears that my parents do. Uh, and that allows me to look at things objectively, I think more so than, than people who have been entrenched in it since day one. Um, and it's been been really good for me personally to be able to look at like the processes and the people um, and how it all intertwines with the customer's experience as objectively as possible. Because I don't have the same, well, that's how we've kind of always done it, or that's what I'm used to, or I got burned by this, and now I have this experience of, of being particularly risk adverse to this one particular thing. And I'm sure I'll get that way over time, um, but I, I do think at least early on, the, the objectiveness of how I've been able to look at things has been, been helpful. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so speaking of which, you step in, you're, you're a young buck, uh, just kind of learning the ropes, and you're eventually, you know, managing, leading people that are that are older than you, that got more experience than you. Was there ever any friction there? Like, how do you how do you approach that? I assume you're going to say communication once again, which is which is key. Um, how do you approach that? Because yeah. that can be a little bit difficult, right, to earn the respect of of the team and and everyone else. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's a lot easier than I think what a lot of people make it out to be. Like, you just you just do it. You just show up every day. You make decisions that are in the best interest of the people who you are in charge of. And over time, you prove yourself as someone who is looking out for the greater good of the team than the individual. And if you do that enough, then people will trust you. They'll trust your judgment. They might not always agree, um, but as long as you've done enough to lay the foundation of respect and communication and just the mutual understanding of like, hey, everything that I'm doing is, is, is in the best interest of the company, um, and if the company is successful, you inherently are successful. Your family is successful. It all it all works in, in cohesion with each other. All right, right on. So I, I want to go back to the the leadership style that your parents kind of uh, by which they led you. Right, they let you make decisions. They mm -hmm. let you make mistakes. They let you make good decisions. Has that translated into how you lead the team now? Uh, can you shed some light on your leadership style? Yeah, uh, I, I think it's almost hand in hand with that. Uh, I, I think that we do a really good job of providing a really strong framework of what roles and responsibilities are for each position within the company, uh, whether it's like an SOP for our office admin or our production manager or our production system. There's a framework there to be successful, um, but ultimately I think the people who are most successful take their own spin on it and make, make it their own in a certain way. Um, and, and that's what we've done. Like our salespeople have, uh, you know, they have a sales process that they follow. I think it's a pretty darn good one. Um, but each one is just marginally different from one another. And it allows each person to highlight their own strengths and weaknesses the same way that it is for the other people who are a part of the company as well. Did you create these processes when you came in or were they already there? Or did you kind of modify what was already there? How did that all happen? All those SOPs and everything? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of it was um, thought out and kind of known, but not written down. And so one of the things that we have worked on and we continuously work on is get, putting those pen to paper, right? So um, making sure that at least the framework is written and fleshed out in a way that if we need to bring somebody on quickly, they can come up to speed quickly and be successful within the company. Um, or someone with little to no experience, they need to come in and, and they need to be successful. They can't have, all, you know, especially in sales, uh, like a long learning curve in our industry, especially when the season is so short. And so the frameworks are there um, and, and fleshed out in a way now that um, I wouldn't say it's quite turnkey, like there's still a learning curve associated with it, especially if there's little to no experience. Um, but, but the upstart for someone to be incredibly successful in the company is what I would think lower than industry average for sure. 
And where did you come up with those processes? Like, are you referencing something? Are you just like reading books, following programs? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's a combination of, of all of those different things. So, um, BTA has been a really good thing for us, Breakthrough Academy. That's that's helped us flush out some of the processes that we have in place. Um, just reading books, uh, continuously learning. I think that's uh, one thing I didn't understand or take. Uh, into consideration like high school and college is like the importance of reading, um, the importance of continually bettering yourself on a daily basis, uh, whether it's through like a mastermind group or um, just peer-to-peer interaction or you know, educating yourself on something you're not familiar with. It's, it's a conglomerate of all those things. I think, um, and I think I've mentioned this to you before, Joe, like what's great about our industry is we're not coming up with a new invention, right? Like everything that we want to do there's a framework for it, right? If you want to be uh, a $5 million company, emulate what the top $5 million companies do. If you want to grow your company to 15 million, emulate what those companies do. Uh, if you want to grow to 100 million, like there's companies who continuously do $100 million in revenue and are very successful and very profitable, emulate what they do. Um, and do it in a way that is doable for your team, right? You don't want to grow too quickly that your processes aren't in place to, to handle the influx of business and really the customer experience. Um, but I, I think, just the ability to learn from our peers and learn from you know some of the top minds when it comes to marketing or sales or HR or whatever it is like the information's out there it's just are you hungry enough to go get it that's such a great point that's a huge point uh, when I first started out starting contractor dynamics it was a few years before I realized that like hey maybe I should follow like a framework or a blueprint because I, I spent I spent a couple of years, honestly, just trying to you know, like invent everything myself and come up with everything from scratch. And I didn't need to, right? Like a marketing company is nothing right. new. Uh, so we, of course, put our own spin on things, but that was something that, um, you know, I just had to go through that process of figuring out like the right people to get around, the right uh, masterminds to join, the right books to read, the right, you know, systems to kind of follow. Uh, but that was, you know, for anyone like just starting out, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Like, you know, obviously everyone's got their own brand and we'll talk about brand in a little bit. Everyone's got their own kind of spin on things, but, uh, but there's no need to start from, from zero. You know, you can, you can leverage the experience of others who have come before and who are, who are where you want to be at any level, like Adam said. So that's, that's such a strong point. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And I think one of the things is understanding like it's a process, right? You're not just going to wake up one day and be like, oh, I'm going to take my company from 1 million to 60 million in 12 months. Like that probably has happened once before, twice before, but it's it's an exception to the rule. Like there is a process to things. Um, and it's just being um, entrenched in it and understanding that like you're, you're laying the foundation for the next day, right? If, if you treat every day as an opportunity to get better or every month as an opportunity to get better and build upon itself, um, it's not going to happen every month every day, like there's gonna be some days that are better than others, but overall, like if, if you take that opportunity and, and do something with it, it, it'll compound on itself significantly over time. Yes, compound effect, get 1% better every day. Yep. Um, I yep. absolutely subscribe to that, cool. Yeah, if you, if you don't mind, let's shift gears for a minute. I wanna talk about, uh, talk about your team, uh, talk about getting the right people on your team, putting them in the right seats, you are very, uh, you, you have a high level of, of awareness about your team and who should be on it and, and what they should be doing and and how they're you know how they're going to best develop them themselves and, and best contribute to the company so can you give us a snapshot of kind of what your team looks like right now yeah so our team right now is we've got a sales manager and three full-time sales reps and then um, including myself 
three and a half people in the office uh, pretty consistently. And so uh, I think what's relatively unique about our team and um, especially in this particular industry is that um, we have a pretty big contrast. So we've got three to four people who are in their 50s and 60s and then five to six people who are under the age of 30. And so uh, a majority of our team is significantly younger than, than what I would think is the industry average, especially in roofing. One of the things, I, I'm definitely going to dive into that. We want to talk about that. One of the things that uh, jumps out at that, uh, what you just said is you've got a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say a lot, but you've got a strong office support for your sales manager and mm. your, your sales reps. I think uh, too many roofing companies, it's it's a sales, maybe three or four sales reps and the owner. And that's it. You know, Maybe an office admin yeah. part-time or something like that. And there's not like the foundation is so small to support that number of sales, uh, the revenue, you know, all the production that needs to happen. And I think that's why a lot of owners are like completely burnt out and, you know, maybe don't make it. They just don't have don't have that support. So it seems like you guys have like in the office, you've got the team and it almost like equals the number of people that are that are out in the field selling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there are so many contractors that are just sales driven organizations and that is such an important component of the business as a whole um but there's also so much more to it than just the sales like uh i've got a friend who just started his business this year and he was super pumped they had a crazy june where they sold a million dollars in june first year in business sold a million dollars in june and he was so excited about it and i said all right man how are you going to produce it and it was just crickets on the other end of the line uh, and this is a really smart guy who, who came from distribution, right? He knows he knows what he's doing, right? But there's 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 a point, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of like the process of things. Like you don't want to outsell your company, and I do think that's where a lot of companies get in trouble is they're just chasing that number, they're chasing that number, but they don't know what that number means. They don't know what it goes into um, building that number, you know, producing that amount of business, collecting that number, making sure they get all the checks in order to pay their invoices on time, um, and and so they're. There, you know, we talk. We talk in our company. Uh, whole business is like a pendulum. Like it all swings in, in cohesion with each other. And if one part of that doesn't work, then the pendulum gets stuck, and it can't get stuck. And so sales results into production, production into collections, collection into marketing, marketing into leads, leads into sales, and it all swings back and forth, uh, and, and is contingent on each other. And if if one piece of that doesn't work, then the whole thing falls apart. And so I think we've done a really good job of um, over-indexing on the non-sales component because I think that's what naturally the industry does and making sure that the infrastructure for our salespeople is what I consider the best in the market. That's awesome. And I think that with that foundation, like over-indexing on your, your infrastructure will enable you to add more sales reps if and when you need and have that foundation for them and have that framework for them to be successful. And, and they're not just out there, yeah. you know, kind of winging it, which I think a lot of owners do like, yeah, here's, you know, here's a polo shirt, here's a hat, here's a, you know, uh, go sell some, here's a ladder, go sell some roofs, you know, and turn in some contracts yeah. by the end yeah. of the week. Well, and it makes it easy too for the sales reps to know that um, once it leaves their hands, once that contract is signed, that that customer is going to have an incredible experience, right? They know that the office staff is going to take care of the customer as well, if not better than what they did throughout the sales process. Yeah, that's huge. You got to have that that conviction uh, when you're selling you, that you know you're going to deliver an amazing product and service and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that's so key to have, uh, that they can have that confidence. They can go out and sell with confidence, huge.
So you got a young team, got a bunch of people under 30. There's like these articles in like Roofing Contractor Magazine once in a while about like, you know, how it's hard to hire millennials and you got, you know, you got to cater to their every whim. And, you know, it's you know, a lot of the industry right now is complaining that it's hard to find good people that want to work. Talk about that. You know, what's, uh, what's your philosophy there? And what's your experience there more importantly? Yeah, I think, uh, I think most small businesses in general undersell themselves significantly when it comes to the labor market and, and what we have to offer. Uh, I think the the days of college graduates and high school graduates, you know, first time first time employees of just wanting to go work for a big company and work their way up the corporate ladder, like that just doesn't exist anymore. Um, most young people wanna they want to feel appreciated. They want to feel that their day to day interactions and their day to day actions within the company make an impact. And I truly believe that there's no better place to do that than in a small business. Um, I think in the construction industry, especially right now, uh, there's never been a better time to participate in it, not only because of the increased demand that we've seen over the last couple of years, um, but also with like the breadth of the labor market as it stands now. There's so many people looking for jobs, um, both coming out of college and both people outside of the industry that um, if you have a decent enough framework to offer them a potential, you know, opportunity to be successful uh, and, and you phrase it and articulate it in a way throughout the hiring process that you should have your your choice of whoever you want. I, I truly believe that. So you say most companies will undersell themselves. So how how do you present yourself? How do you present a, a Moss Roofing as a desirable place to to learn and grow and, and to develop personally and professionally and to, to build a career? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple of different legs to the chair, I would say, uh, and, and it comes to the hiring process and, and picking who you, who you want to be a part of your team uh, and, and, and the story behind that. Uh, you know, step one is like the brand building, right, which you talk about all the time, um, whether it's you know, your content creation, that way when people are job searching, they're able to readily look you up and see this is, this is a pretty cool place to work for. Uh, I think one thing that's been to our advantage is you know, we've been producing a ton of video content over the last year that's helped build our brand, not only from a customer facing perspective, um, but from an, an employee perspective as well. Like this is this is a place that people are, uh, and they, they know that like we do things right. We're on the forefront of certain certain components of, of marketing and branding ourselves, and, and it looks like a great place to work. One thing that kind of kills me, and like you'll hear it all the time, I, I just remember hearing this on every interview that I did for like an internship, is like, we've got a family culture, right? Like, uh, I do think we do, that better than anybody. Uh, there has to be like a level of um, genuineness from the leadership of a company. Like I, I would do anything for our people. Like I love them to death. They, they sacrifice their time to help me build my vision. Uh, and, and they know that. That I think is a very important component that most small businesses feel. Like I, most mom and pop shops, like they've sacrificed everything to go on this journey. And the people who are helping them, like that's everything. Uh, and just letting them know that and compensating them appropriately and making them feel appreciated and, and doing all those things that seem just normal to, to most small business owners. Like we had someone start this year uh, and like the first week I was like, God, you know, Becky, you're doing a great job. And she looked at me and was like, my last boss never told me that, which was just insane to me because like that's what you should be doing to your employees. Um, but I think that a lot of people, especially if they've been in their business for a long time, they forget what it's like to work in corporate America and how cutthroat it is and how callous it can be at times. And, and we offer the, the flexibility of a small business. We offer, you know, the, the, the family component of a small business. We offer so much 
that, you know, as long as you can get the compensation right to get them in the door, you should be sticky. Like your people should never want to leave unless they just have grown so much that they need to do their own thing. And at that point, it's kind of like letting your kid go to college, I, I would assume, right? Not there yet. Um, but at that point, it's like, hey, you've taught them a lot. They've participated in your business and now they're off to their next journey. Uh, and then you go on to the next person who's going to fill that role and be part of your team for X amount of years. But but it's been good. Like we have a very sticky organization. That is awesome. I mean, that's uh, that's the opposite of, again, most of the industry where there's like a revolving door of sales reps, of team members. And, and I think there's a lack of... Uh, lack of ownership, so to speak. You know, people want to blame millennials or blame the workforce or blame people or blame the government or blame anyone else but themselves. But you take ownership over over building this culture uh, or continuing to build this culture that was already existing before you came along. And and really uh, considering yourself fortunate to have your team to help you, you know, continue that vision. I think a lot of a lot of people might get caught up in, hey, if you have a job, then you're lucky to be working here, right? You're lucky to be getting right. a great paycheck. Whereas you kind of flip that a little bit and you're the one as the owner, you're lucky to have such a great great team of people that, that really contribute, uh, do their best and continually learn. And um, you know they, they build the company with you. Uh, I think that, that paradigm yeah. is, is huge. I think that's transparent, right? Like someone coming in for an interview or maybe even someone watching some of your awesome videos on social media, they can see that. Like they can see that that is your your mindset. It's not like, you know, you'd be lucky if you get to work here. That doesn't go very far, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, I think it goes hand in hand. Like I think I, I do think like the ultimate goal is to be a place where people aspire to to like actively like Moss Ruffing is a place like I want to be. I'm like, People looking for a job know they if they get the opportunity they want to work here. Like they would they would want to feel lucky to work here. But then there there's an inverse to that of just like the gratitude. The gratitude goes both ways. I mean, it absolutely goes both ways. I'm sure. I'm sure. Like I said, a lot of small business owners understand like how important it is to have good people. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You're a millennial. I, I technically, Adam, I I think I'm the first year of a, a millennial as well. So I think I fall in that category. So I'm not pointing fingers. You're a millennial. You've got a lot of millennial uh, team members. What What's important to you guys? Like what's important to this, you know, this demographic? How do you, uh, you know, not cater to, to people, but how do you make sure that, you know, people are aligned with their their vision and their needs and, and you know, what they want? I mean, I think that's a really good question. I, I don't think there's like a turnkey answer uh, by any stretch of the imagination. It, it goes back to like the day-to-day actions, right? Like um, we spend a lot of time building the camaraderie within the team, whether it's, you know, in our meetings or, you know, taking time to invest in the people outside of business in terms of how they're doing, how their spouses are doing, how their significant others are doing, Um, like investing that time to make them feel and know that like, I care about them. Like they're not just a number, they're not just a paycheck. And the actions that they spend and the time they spend here is meaningful, not only for their families, but for mine. Um, and just having like a heart full of gratitude for the people who are participating in this journey that we're all taking on. Like it seems all fluffy and simple, but like that's that's a lot of what it comes down to is making sure they're compensated well enough that they're not having to worry about money, right? Like you're not gonna have to offer your office admin, you know, $150,000 a year to get someone young to wanna participate in your company. Like it's gotta be within the market standards. As long as you're there and you have like a great work environment and they feel appreciated, that's really all it comes down to. 
I think a lot of companies just get so focused on chasing numbers that they forget about people. I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I feel like that's a really old school mindset. Like the short term thinking, we got to make our quarterly numbers of corporate America. And if we don't, then uh, it sucks. We got to lay people off. Right. Like that's what most people are accustomed to. And as a small business, you don't have to do that. One of our big core values is like every decision that we make is for the long term. We're never going to shortcut a decision in any component, especially with people. And so with that, it allows our people to have a lot of latitude to make decisions. It has allows our people a lot of latitude in terms of, you know, feeling like this is a home away from home and like it's still a job. Like there's going to be times when people show up to work and like, God, this sucks. I don't want to be at work today. But like those days should be few and far between in comparison to what they're used to. And that's the objective here is to make people feel uh, that this is as close to a home away from home as work can possibly feel. Wow, that's awesome. It's uh, it's clear that that you're passionate about what you're doing. You're passionate about your team. You you show up with gratitude every day. Um, that's just it's so it's so awesome to see in this industry. And I think, not I think um, I've done I've interviewed a lot of a lot of people on this podcast and this on this channel. We've worked with hundreds of different uh, companies over the past you know several years. And the ones that kind of are the cream of the crop, like the owners, they talk about the same exact thing as you just talked about. It's all about yeah. providing uh, opportunities for your team, for serving your market, but but really taking care of your team and, and, and providing vehicles for them to have amazing lives, for them to continually learn and grow. And that's pretty much what every, not, I don't want to say every, but nearly every uh, great leader that I've interviewed on this show has talked about. So uh, you're you're wise beyond your years, buddy. Uh, you've got a, a great handle on it. I'm excited to see what you do next. Yeah, I, I don't think there's. Uh, my job is to take care of my people, and then my people will take care of my customers, right? I, I think a lot of a lot of owners get focused on like customer centric mindset is super important. Don't get me wrong. But if, if you do everything you can from an ownership position to take care of your people, then everything else will compound and, and, and your customers will have a great experience. And then you get more great people who feel appreciated and you take care of them. And, you know, one great employee can service, you know, tens of hundreds of customers where, you know, one customer is just one customer. And so um, that's, that's the mindset that we have here is just to like make sure that our employees um, just have a great experience here. That's cool. Um, all right, Adam, well, as we kind of wrap it up, I know uh, I want to be respectful of your time. You've got a team to lead there. What What's like, you know, one or two things that you're excited about? We are, we're at the, well, you know, getting into the last part of the year here, 2021. Um, you guys have had a great year. What, what are you excited about now or what challenge is coming up that you're like ready to conquer and you're full of energy about? I think at this point in the year, we're really starting to, uh, start focusing on next year, right? Like we're not all into like winter mode yet, but we're getting there, uh, starting to have like preliminary conversations on what your budget targets be, uh, all that good stuff. I'm, I'm interested and really excited to see um, how the market evolves over the next 12 to 24 months and how we're gonna have to evolve with it. I mean, I think everybody listening understands, you know, um, the impact and significance the last 18 months have served on the world and specifically on our industry. Uh, and so I think the, the next upcoming challenge is like, what what is normal? Like, how do we adjust to normal uh, whenever it comes? And so that's that's what we're kind of talking about now. That's what we're getting focused on and um, hopefully preparing to meet the challenge head on and address it the best way that we possibly can. 
Well, you've got a good head on your shoulders and uh, you care deeply and you've got a great team. So I'm sure you guys will be more than fine to conquer those challenges and continue to uh, to grow Moss Roofing. Appreciate your time. Super grateful to have you on. I think a lot of people are going to be uh, just loving this and, and being able to, to relate to what you're talking about. Maybe uh, definitely taking some nuggets that they can implement in their own businesses. So thank you very much. As we uh, kind of sign off, do you have any parting advice for our wonderful audience here? Yeah, I mean, I think it just goes back to kind of one of the first things we were talking about is like all of the information is there. Uh, if you want to be a, the best $3 million business possible, the best 10 million, the best 60 million, like the frameworks are all there. It's just up to us to, to take the opportunity and, and go after it. Uh, and, and so that would kind of be my, my parting words is if you want to go get it. Yeah, and I will, I will uh, add just one little nugget to that is figure out what you want. Uh, a lot of people, yeah. and, I, and I, I'm guilty of this too, right? We, we see something, we see someone else doing something. We see Adam, you know, doing what he's doing. Like, all right, I want that. Everyone's got to figure out, like, you know, get a little, a little journal like this out. Uh, go think for a little while, turn off the electronics and whatnot and figure out like what you want. Uh, start with the end in mind. And then like Adam said, uh, you can reverse engineer from there. You can find those people, find those resources that you need to build what you want. But uh, you got to find out what you want and why it's important to you. And then you can get start building from there. Yeah. And there's no wrong answer, right? It's, it's truly like the, the whole point of starting your own business is to make it whatever you want it to be. If you want to be the, like I said, the best $2 million business in the world, and that's, that's what you want, then go do it. Don't don't focus so much on on the volume, right? Focus on on what you want the business to be for yourself. Right on, brother. That is perfect. Uh, and as a, a sign off on my end, I got to encourage you guys to go over to mossroofing.com. Check out their social media. These guys are. Uh, I'd be remiss if I did not mention it. These guys are crushing it with video content. They've got awesome educational video content, really well branded. And uh, like Adam said, right, you're you're marketing to get customers, but equally as important, you're marketing to attract the right people that want to join your team so you continue to grow. So thanks so much, Adam. I uh, really appreciate your time and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Pleasure. Welcome to the Nailed It Podcast with your host, Joseph Hughes, founder of Contractor Dynamics and creator of the Dynamic Accelerator Program found at ContractorDynamics.com. Sit back, relax, and welcome to today's fire episode on the business of construction.